What does an 18-year veteran of the tech industry and a 20-year veteran of the military have in common? More than you might think. Welcome everyone to the, the Second, Second Act, Act Podcast. Podcast, leveling up your life's journey. We're back. Episode one is live and it sucked, but uh, some of it actually turned out pretty good. And most importantly, it's done. This is episode two of the second act with Michael and John. Last week, we dived into life's amazing way of revealing opportunities for people who are transitioning into their second act. Whether that be personally or professionally. We shared some of our own stories about what we learned about the process and ourselves during these pivotal times. Today, we've got some more awesome stuff to talk about. Listeners want to know more about rebounding from setbacks. We'll talk about some of our own personal setbacks, how we persevere and overcome adversity, risk-taking, motivation of our why, and the importance of perspective. Let's kick things off, John, with setbacks or failures. Uh, Number one. It happens to everyone. It may be a relationship that did not work out. It may be a job you wanted or a company you wanted to work for. It may be a business venture that failed. It may be a trip you wanted to take and your flight was canceled or the hotel did not have your reservation. People's lives are filled with small and large setbacks, but you wouldn't know it if you were basing reality off of social media. When something goes wrong, it's important not to panic and overreact. Just take a pause, assess the new situation, and adapt. An important part of the OODA loop framework that you taught me about, John. Maybe tell us uh, a couple of stories or thoughts uh, that you have in this area. Man, Michael, I'll tell you what, uh, 20 years in the Marine Corps, (laughs) there have been a lot of setbacks uh, and a lot of failures. Um, personally, professionally, um, spiritually. Um, so man, it's, it's, it's interesting to look back on a 20 year career, you know, probably much like you're doing now and see where we've come from. I mean, I can think of a couple of professional setbacks, a, a prof- you know, a couple of professional, um, things that, that took me back. You know, we always think about one step forward or two steps forward, one step back. But I can think of a couple things that hit me that took me five steps back. Yeah. Um, so one one of those uh, would be not getting the promotion, not getting accepted into a squadron that I applied for and thought, man, this is a shoe in. This is going to work. But then looking back at my career and seeing it all come full circle and then actually things working out better than I had planned them before. Um, another thing I can think of if we're not going to get too, don't want to get too deep too fast, but, um, one of, one of the things that really set my wife and I back was the loss of our daughter, um, after she spent 86 days in the NICU and totally expected her to walk out of the NICU and be, uh, completely healed and whole and healthy and that didn't work out and we ended up losing her after 86 days and it set my wife and I back in our relationship in our faith in our life planning um 
and kind of, you know, emotionally as well. So that was a huge one to have to overcome. But after looking back on it after eight years, I see um, the goodness in it all. I see how we can overcome that and how my wife and I's faith has been made stronger. Our marriage has been made stronger. Our testimony, you know, what we do as, as individuals is, is different than it would be. And so, you know, that's just one thing that, you know, not to, you know, keep it in a work context, but take it out into a personal context and, and just rebound, be able to rebound from it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, it, and I, when we met John and started working together, uh, I did a little research. You have a, a company called 828 Ventures, and 828 has sort of an interesting meaning inside the Bible. And uh, I've operated off of a uh, some a Taoist principle, if you will, uh, about a horse and a farmer. And the premise of the story is about who knows what's good or bad. Um, the bad things that happen in life can lead to good things and good things can lead to bad, and you don't know until you just continue on your journey and one day look back. If those bad things hadn't happened, you wouldn't reach some of those great things that are happening today. Yeah, I mean, when we have bad things happen, a setback, um, a pitfall, some self-realization, you know, we, we can quickly turn to the negative you know, and what that is doing to you in your progress. But what's more important, as we've talked about before, is to really take a step back and look at the totality of that progress. Look at where we've come from. Look at how that setback has made you better. Look at how um, maybe you've learned a lot of things from that setback and, and how it's um, changed your perspective. Um you know, I did a quick, uh, not to diverge off of what we're talking about, but I did a quick search this morning on Second Act. And uh, the webs provided some interesting um, uh, interesting response, but it's a second act is a later stage in one's life characterized by a distinct divergence from the previous stage. Um, and I think... Well, you know, second act is also um, a Jennifer Lopez movie that came out in 2018. Not that we're endorsing it or endorsed by it. Um, I'm sure it's great. But um, that that definition, a divergence um, from the previous stage. You know, again, second act, we kind of talk about it in the context of work, but think about how some of those things can take us wildly different, a wildly different direction than, than we were going before. And that is a second act. And how are we now responding to the first act, making our plans based on what is ahead of us, the second act, right? And, and adapting and exactly what you said before, the OODA loop, yep. um, making a decision and acting on that. And taking and, and moving from there. Yeah, and I, I would say us kicking this off and and doing things like this are maybe a, a slight <laughs> divergence from what <laughs> we were doing before. You asked me yesterday, did I ever think that I would be doing a 
a podcast um, right after the military? And, and I said, no, heck no. And I think your response was the same. How did we ever get to this place? But I think it's, I think you're getting to, we just took the step and started acting. Yeah. I mean, I'll share a couple of stories with the audience on, on my own setbacks. I'll, and I'll first start with most things for me actually require me to put in a lot of work. They don't come super easy for me. I can be academically, physically at work, whatever. I don't think I'm particularly gifted in any one thing, but I do know after enough years of experience, I know that if I put in the work, I'll be happy with the outcome, even if it's not the outcome that I originally planned. Yeah. So a couple of stories of personal setbacks. One I personally experienced at work. Uh, another about my experience working with others who have experienced a life-changing setback. The first one involves uh, a very important sales opportunity that was in the final stages of closing, had gone through all the motions and process and people, the business case was solid. We had stakeholder buy-in from across the organization. It had been re reviewed and approved by the C-suite. Contract red lines were complete, went out for signature. Uh, and sometimes, depending on the size of the organization, that's in, that can take a little bit of time or it can work its way through internal systems and take a little bit longer than anyone would like. But while I was waiting for the signature, I was visiting a client in La Crosse, Wisconsin, great town if you've never been there, right on the Mississippi, and I get a text, something like, the CEO is out. And I'm like, oh man, he's on vacation, there goes another week or whatever um, that uh, is going to delay this deal getting closed. And about 20 minutes later, I get a follow-up text saying the CEO was out as the existing business CEO and a new CEO was coming on board. And it's one of those moments you're like, huh, this was not a small deal. So you can imagine what a C-level change like that might do to a deal. My initial thoughts were, well, this sucks. And then I had to just accept that things had changed and that the expected outcome might change too internally there were some some panicky people who were declaring the deal dead and we have to go back to zero and either find another deal or you know plan for this in two years or whatever but i was not convinced that was the case we had contacts at all levels of the org we had established ourselves as a partner through the process uh, rather than this just being a transaction. And the business case for investing in our technology was rock solid. So we let the dust settle for a week or two, re-engage strategically to figure out how to make this thing happen. The C-suite at this company had to pitch the business case again to the new CEO and ask for budget approval again. But a month later, the deal was signed and the rest was history. So you know, we're going to talk about perseverance and setbacks and things like that. Um, and I know you've got some some funny stories from your past life about just training and how to react in situations that are extreme. But I'll tell one more story and then maybe you can you can jump into that. The second story actually involves prison. Last year, I volunteered at a medium security prison called La Vista Correctional Facility in Pueblo, Colorado to help incarcerated women 
enhance their resumes and prepare for work interviews once they got released. I wrote about this on my Substack account, um, but the experience taught me something very important about hope. I had a chance to speak one-on-one and in group settings with these women, for, and for the longest time, they believed they were in a hopeless situation. They were born into disadvantaged circumstances. Often their choices were between bad or worse. And the most powerful moment of this whole encounter was when the volunteers and participants in the program went through an exercise that identified the similarities and differences between everybody there. You took a step forward if you agreed with the statement or question, took a step back if, if it didn't relate to you. And what I learned after spending the day there is this. One, we're all more similar than different than we might imagine or want to imagine. And two, if you seek to understand people rather than judge people, you can make a tremendous positive impact on someone's life. The amazing group that organizes is called Breakthrough, um, led by Stacy Puka, and their program gives incarcerated individuals hope and opportunity for a better life. And they're very, very successful at it, the data shows. Um, and just to round things out, if you want a window into extreme adversity and why it's important not to panic, uh, Watch the 90s film Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks <laughs> based on the true events of 1970. Uh, it's the story of a space mission gone horribly wrong and how even if you were literally stuck in outer space because part of your spaceship blew up, you have no replacement parts. Your oxygen is slowly being depleted. There is a path for you to persevere and overcome adversity or setbacks. And I think it's important to emphasize that giving it all you got, if you can mentally check that box, you can accept the outcome. And at least that's, that's how my brain works. Yeah. I love, I love Apollo 13. It's, it's pretty, it's a pretty eye opening movie and in the human will to, to make things happen. But, um, so, so thanks for uh, refreshing my memory, but, yes. um, you know, perseverance to me, I, I've got um, two, I've got one story that really resonates and I'm going to uh, go back to 2011. I was, I was applying to fly for the presidential squadron and in 2011, the things kind of were just lined up. I was going to DC. I was going to be there already for, um, orders that were sending me there for school. And it was just going to be a great transition. I didn't have kids yet. I was young in my marriage. All the things kind of worked out. Yeah. And other people who, who knew me said, yeah, this is a great fit, great timing, great for your career. And I applied and I passed the financial check. I got accepted in by my peers and it went down to the background clearance. And I got a phone call a couple weeks into the process and they had me explain some of my speeding tickets. And unfortunately, I had more speeding tickets than I was allowed at the time. But I remember the last thing that the, that the agent said over the phone when, when she let me know that I wasn't going to be accepted. She said, you know, um, Major Ballinger, you have too many speeding tickets on your record, so you're not going to be able to be accepted at this time. 
But if you wait five to seven years, you can reapply. And at this point, I'd been in already um, 11 years in the Marine Corps. Waiting another five to seven years, talk about not wanting, not knowing what to do, whether that's, I'm just going to quit because that's an incredible long time or, all right, well, I I don't know where to go from here, except I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Well, I thought at the time that that was perfect timing for me to apply. Turns out I waited five years. I reapplied. I got accepted. And it truly was the perfect timing for me. It was the perfect time because it ended my career. I was able to end my career in the presidential squadron, flying for both President Trump and President Biden. And it set me up for future um, and, and the things that I wanted to do. But looking back, I remember the heartache. I remember how painful it was to sit there and think, I, I don't know what to do. But looking back again, and this is why the importance of looking back and seeing your successes and th- seeing the progress that you've made um, and where you're at now is so important to the mindset of being able to then step out again and do something else. And even if it doesn't fit in the timing or in the place in your life, keep pursuing, keep being tenacious and keep striving. I mean, that's a great segue into the the next topic of just generally talking more about perseverance and overcoming adversity when, when facing adversity and setbacks, especially when it's unexpected, it's really important to narrow your focus and address the things that are most important in that moment. So you had to just hit the pause, like look at your life, look at what you want to accomplish, look at how far you've come yeah. um, and know that there's more chances coming. You just yeah. have to figure out how to turn those next opportunities into the outcomes that you want. Yeah. Um, and one one way I like to think about it, John, is to set reasonable goals for yourself and unreasonable aspirations. So take for instance this podcast. The goal <laughs> the, the goal is to get it completed with content yep. and yep. we hope people enjoy listening to it. And dare I say, get motivated to take action by it. One podcast listen at a time. But I yep. know, you know, there's many people trying to do the same thing and you motivate people and people who have you know more influence than a than a tech guy and a military guy um but you know we're i think we're passionate about this it's fun for us um and aspirationally i aspire for this to be a force multiplier in that each listener if each listener tells just two people about something interesting that they heard or learned from this and if that person tells two people, each one of those people tell two people, imagine the impact of that. And yeah. there's, a, there's an interesting mathematical question that gets posed uh, periodically. Um, it's a financial question where would you rather have a million dollars today or a penny compounded, doubled every day for 30 days? Which would you choose? The penny all day. But I all know the day. result. You know the result. <laughs> And it's significantly more money. People are like, a penny, I'll take a million dollars today, no no question. Instead of just waiting 30 days and letting the process work, you'd have five over five times that amount. Jeez. Yeah. 
Hey, you, let me let me go back. You, so you said something, and we I want to I want to emphasize this. You talked about a pause, right? When you hit setback, when you get a setback, mm-hmm. the importance of a pause to retrain what you're focused on. Uh, one of the things that was always taught to me, and especially towards the end of my career flying flying in the presidential squadron, is is taking that pause. When you're confronted with an issue in the aircraft, this is a marine aviation analogy, but when you're confronted with a situation and you start getting these flashing master caution lights or these flashing fire lights, one of my, one of my favorite instructors, my mentor, told me the first thing you do is not look, see the fire light, and then act. You look, you see the firelight or the master caution light, and then you pause. Take a deep breath. Almost one, 1,000, two, 1,000, and then you get to work. So you, in that pause, you've calmed yourself back down. You've been able to focus on what's actually happening. Am I still flying? Am, are my rotors still spinning? Is my altitude staying consistent? Is my airspeed diminishing? Okay, if none of those things are happening, if, if or if all those things are are in good order, your situation has just gotten severely less critical. But if you look up, you see a, fas- a, a flashing light, and you immediately start responding, the chances of you actually making a mistake are significantly higher. Yep. You may reach up and grab the wrong engine and turn off the wrong engine. You may hit the wrong switch and disable the wrong hydraulic system. You may start doing things that will only compound your situation. We call them compound emergencies. And the thing that that allows us to regain that focus is we say we aviate, we navigate, and we communicate. So aviate, where am I going? What am I focused on doing? Where am I focused on getting? Can I make it? Navigate, okay, where am I at in the airspace? Do I need to maneuver away from my from my wingman? Do I need to start descending down and find a place to land? And then communicate. At that point, communicate to your wingman. Hey, I need help. Can you look and verify if an engine's on fire? Hey, can you help navigate me to the closest airfield? Can you take the lead? What, you know, communicating to the tower, hey, I'm I'm actually in an emergency or I, I am not in an emergency. I don't need immediate assistance. Those things in that order are incredibly powerful, incredibly um, r- important to remember to regain that focus so you don't make mistakes and you're not reacting off impulse. Yeah. And it's staying calm, right? You, I mean, so it's really Absolutely. fascinating to me how just a, a quick pause and a deep breath or a short count um, just to separate the stimulation of something, usually like negative, and your reaction to it, your thoughts, and then your reactions to it, creating that separation so that you can just, okay, there's a big problem. Let's go through the steps to solving that problem. Everything else sort of fades away into the background while you're addressing that. 
and then as you get through that, you you move on. Uh, it's just a, a really interesting way the the mind works and how with a human you can trick your mind. And I think that you you learn to trick your mind and and for the benefit of solving these these difficult challenges. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I have discussed getting 1% better every day, uh, just set out and accomplish something each day, regardless yeah. of whether it's big or small. How do you, how do you think about this, especially someone embarking on, on their, their second act of life? We talked about some extreme scenarios, but let's, let's bring it a little more tactical, like just little bits here and there each day to sort of compound snowball. Yeah. You know, that 1%, um, that 1% compounding effect is incredibly important. And you look at leaving, for me, leaving the military and going into commercial real estate or going into coaching. These things, um, there's not necessarily, there. while there are courses out there that you can get involved with, it's really, for me, up, up to myself to figure out the things to make myself better each day. So, hey, today I'm going to learn about X or I'm going to focus in on my marketing strategy or focus in on my avatar. Who am I really wanting to coach? What are the things that are going to make me better today? And it's, it's really documenting that um, in a way that it's achievable. I think if you don't have a plan, then you're going to fail. You know, we say in the Marine Corps, fail to plan, plan to fail. Yep. Right. And so we've got to figure out ways that we can become 1% better. And sometimes when we put those things down on paper, they look very minute. They look like they're not going to get us there. But when you take a step back and look at the progress you've, you know, the, the, where you've come from, mm -hmm. man, that is incredibly empowering. You know, you talk about somebody that's, um, you know, fasting or, or skipping out on a certain food or beverage or not drinking, right? And if they just put an X every day that they achieved that goal, that compounding effect and looking back on the calendar and saying, holy cow, I just did a week. Holy cow, I just did a month. And and by by the end of it, you're fascinated that you were able to get yourself through that time period just one day at a time, 1%. Yeah, and the momentum it builds, you know, after you're like, oh man, I just did this for a week. I think I can go another yeah. week, and then I, I think I can go another month, and then before you know it, it's, it's a habit, right? Like, it's like it's just something you do, automatically. Um, and Kevin O'Leary on on Shark Tank. I don't know if you're a Shark Tank fan, um, but yeah, I, I, love I, it. I I watch I love it, it, and he, I, I've heard him mention that he makes a, a short list, three things he wants to accomplish for the day. Uh, and, you know, every time you make a short list like that and you're able to cross things off, I don't know if it's a dopamine hit you get or whatever, but the, the feeling of, of crossing something off a list is, it, it just is so gratifying. And, uh, and so he goes through that exercise of the three most important things he wants to accomplish each day. And I don't even think it has to be three if it's just one. Uh, and I know if in some military readings that I've seen uh, that, there's some science behind making your bed, right? Yep. You know, during the day, like as your first, yep. like you've accomplished something for the day by making your bed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I digress a little bit, but, um, you know, setbacks are part of the risk-taking process. It's inevitable. 
Um, but really, there's there's an underlying motivation on why you pursued this thing in the first place. Um, and when it's when things don't go your way, yeah. it's important to know why you started. Yeah. What so what's your why, John? Like why what keeps you motivated? What's your why that just fuels you every day in what you're doing? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I set out my priorities and for me my priorities are God, my wife, my kids, my job. And so my why, you know, when I was a younger adult in in college, high school and college, I had a couple mentors that really guided me um, kind of spiritually, mentally. And I look at them and I believe that I'm at where I am today because I took their advice to heart. And so my why right now is doing things like this to document my progress so that my kids have eventually somebody that's... So if, if I can document my process here and somebody gains from that in my circle, I want those people to be the ones that now raise up my kids and be the mentors that I had when I was a child or young adult. I want them to repeat that... Um, that feeding process, that mentorship into my kids and, and eventually fuel their lives onto some amazing and great things. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I think my why is to just make my house, my, my circle of friends, the place where I live better than it was before I got here, um, or better than it was today. Um, so it seems big and audacious, but if you stick to that 1% rule, making yep. yourself 1% better, then you're going to probably make your relationship with your spouse 1% better and your relationship with your kids 1% better. And then your friends are going to benefit from that. And it's, it's a trickle down effect. And so yep. I think that's, that's my why. What's yours? Yeah. I, I mean, in the last episode we we talked about um how uh the reasons we do things um are are to set examples leave a legacy uh design our life in a way that we're in control of our destiny and how we want to pass along um things, all the good things that we've learned in life and hopefully shed away the things that maybe we don't want to pass along to our friends, families, kids, stuff like that. And, you know, with the internet and things like this, it's a way to memorialize some of the things that, that we've learned and that we do want to pass on um, for our, our most immediate circle of folks, but then others who may be traveling down a road and could use some help. Um, and I, I think that's really for me, um, just being able to share the things that I've learned that could have a positive impact on, on somebody's life, maybe going back to the aspirational goal of, of, um, starting this podcast with you and, and the impact it might have that's my why and i i never want to 
be standing in front of my son and encouraging him to do things that uh, I've never tried myself. Whether I succeed or fail, I just I think leading by example um, is is really the best way to do it, and and that's that's really some of the the premise for my why. Yeah. I think your family is going to look back and see that you have done some amazing things and you've been an amazing father and amazing husband. And that I think that's, that's the definition of why we do things the way we do them. Right. And try to pursue, pursue excellence. For sure. Good job. So I think we should wrap it up with the importance of perspective. You know, everything that happens with us, or to us feels amplified and is the greatest or worst thing happening in the moment. Yeah. But giving yourself a perspective check is critical to maintaining the right mindset, hopefully a positive mindset. Uh, And a lot of this has to do with how we think things should go and how we think others will think of us based on the outcome. Um, So what are, what are your thoughts on perspective, John? I'll tell you what, one of the most impactful things for me on perspective was um, deploying, honestly. Going on a nine-month deployment, eight-month deployment to Iraq, Afghanistan, you see some crazy stuff. The way people live, the things that they get by with. Um, yep. the, you actually realize how minimalistic you can live for nine months while on a deployment. Um, and then you get back home. At least I got back home and I thought, what am I doing with all this stuff? <laughs> I don't need all this. Right. But, but eventually it creeps back in and it finds a place in your daily life. But that, that was a huge perspective. I mean, that's for, for people that go on mission trips. that's always a big shock, right? When they leave their the place where they're comfortable and they go somewhere else and see how, how, little people can have and be comfortable or be, you know, or to still exist. Um, and then they come back and they feel kind of dirty for having all this stuff and all these wants and needs. And, yeah. but, um, but, but that really helps me in my perspective. Um, and then looking back on the things that have affected me, I, you know, you lose, you know, leave the military or, you start on an endeavor and it doesn't work out. You kind of like, oh man, that is the worst thing that could ever happen. But then you look, you take that deep breath, you pause and you realize nothing's really changed. You, you know, unless, unless you did something that's, that's critical to life, you, you're still probably in a pretty good situation and you have the ability to start back over to regain your thoughts, regain your composure and start again, start on something else. And, um, and so that always helps the perspective is when I, when I realize how blessed I truly am when something is not working out and I still see that I've got my marriage, my faith, my kids are still around and love me. Okay. Things aren't that bad. Yeah. All right. hundred percent. And it brings up gratitude, right? Yeah. Being grateful for the things you have in life, especially in your case where you've been exposed to 
extremes I can't even really imagine. Um, but for us non-military folks who have haven't maybe seen some of that side of the world, uh, well, it's, and what like, you've... it's like you going to prison. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. And it, it, I've never walked a day in someone else's shoes to know that hard journey that they've gone through yeah. uh, or that they're going through. Um, but just having gratitude, I've heard people um, writing down things that they're grateful for each day, a gratitude journal, a just for perspective. Uh, I think there's a famous artist who said the best things in life are free. Um, and it, it really does, you know, being born in the United States, uh, yeah. growing up uh, with friends um, and other families that are like-minded and, and happen to be lucky to be born into uh, a good set of circumstances, uh, I'm very grateful for. And yeah. you want to use that force for good, um, for obviously for your family and your friends and and colleagues, but but for others as well. Yeah, absolutely, man, hundred uh, percent. So I, uh, I mean, that's a that's a an interesting way to end it today, John. But a, I think a really important one for us um, perspective, and hopefully it gives the audience something to think about um, as they're on their journey, and and not to be too hard on themselves when things are are going a little bit off the rails and. And remember their why, and and hopefully some yeah. of our stories um, gave them some perspective on on the, their own things that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and if thing if if things are going off the rails, take a pause, deep breath, recognize the perspective you have, what's around you, what you have, and then restart on that one percent better. Yep. On that note. I think we should close it out. I love today's discussion. Excited for episode three coming up. Yeah. And for our listeners, don't forget to comment, share ideas for us to cover on topics related to helping your second act. Till next time. See ya. The Second Act with Michael and John stars Michael Newborn and John Ballinger. The podcast is produced by Seltzer Kings. For more information on the show, check out michaelandjohn.com. Or if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, give the guys a shout on their socials at The Second Act with Michael and John on most platforms. Thanks for listening. Oh, yes.